Yeah, I got it. You've <laughs> dialed in on it. <laughs> All right. Living in a scientific age, we need citizens who know enough about science to make intelligent decisions about what they do. We've used science to, to prolong life, to increase security and happiness. But it can also be used for destruction. Are we going to use it constructively? It'll be up to you, and you too. Hey, Todd, did you hear when um, there was a a judge pronouncing a death sentence to a um to a convict this week it sounds serious yeah uh as the convict was leaving the courtroom he tried to give the uh, judge a high five yeah left him hanging <laughs> i don't know uh, I, oh, oh no! Or, or we could have gone. <laughs> Did you love how you know Kraft Cheese has never released full albums, only singles? <laughs> that one, that one, no. It's a. <laughs> I take back my original. <laughs> well, welcome. You torted. <laughs> to another episode of the Mark and Toddcast. I am Todd Workoven, joined as always by Mark Middleton. How are you, Mark? I'm very well today. We are on a on a roll with recordings. We haven't missed a week in what? in a while. Nice. We're on a, a not nerd uh, consistency. <laughs> who, by the way, are almost up to. Uh, they're about to celebrate their 200th episode. Uh, Remember when we both had 100 episodes <laughs> together? Yeah. <laughs> Um, and and we started like three years before that. Yes. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I don't care. It's not. Yes. It's, it's not. It's not about the race. It's about the destination. No. What is? It's yeah. not about the destination. It's about the. You I don't know. <laughs> racist. About whatever this is. What? Oh, but I have oh. I have two new things on my on my little soundboard. Oh. Uh, one that I've had on my desktop for oh I don't know eight months now that I've never done anything with, which is all this time we could have been friends. Which is funny because right before the show, <laughs> what did you show me, Mark? I showed you a piece of my super secret Halloween costume. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which is it's fine. Uh Baby Jane. So um if you've never seen Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. It's so good. It's it's really brilliant. And it, after you watch that, watch the uh series called The Feud, Feud yeah. which uh goes into all the backstory and all of the tensions and, and weirdness, but Betty Davis and uh, Joan Crawford kind of as their careers were waning really re-energized both of their careers from yeah. that point on and uh it's it's misery meets um just yeah the movie misery the movie misery yeah. meets something else yeah that you know and, it is its own thing yeah and and betty davis p- plays this outlandish just. crazy <laughs> character and uh, that is who I'm going to be. Yes, for, yes. For so I'm excited now to to see that. Uh, we'll speak. Uh, she carries around a doll. Um, I think sometimes in that movie. And this past week, I went a little bit viral with a post to um, 
it's a it's a Facebook group of weird things that people find at the yes. at Goodwill or whatever. And I posted this picture of a doll or whatever, and it ended up getting like three and a half thousand. Uh, it just this torrent of comments and and share and stuff like and I couldn't it was stressing me out because I couldn't keep up with it and I was texting Brian I'm like I don't know how you do this like this is crazy trying to make sense of yeah. like all of this stuff coming in and reactions and was it just a rare find or was it, it was just it was like a thing? weird it was a weird doll I forget what I <laughs> I forget it's what it always was exactly those it's always those don't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was, that was interesting to, to be, to, to go a little bit viral like that. Um, a YouTube rabbit hole that I fell down Uh-oh. is something, uh, and, and like they say when they're with car advertising, that usually car advertising is not to sell new people on it. It's to reassure people who have already bought that car oh. or that brand that they've made the right decision. So a lot of the times when you see like, well, that car didn't make sense or it's like, yeah. it's for people to be like, okay, I did the right thing. Right. And I realized that the sub genre of YouTube channel about fragrance reviews are kind of, I was using it in the same way because I was looking up that new cologne that I got on the boat trying to be like, well, what am I smelling? I want to <laughs> try to get a little bit more knowledgeable, kind of like wine tasting, how you, and they're all, I mean, there is a whole linguistics to oh, yeah. it. There is a, there is so much. And so I watched a bunch of them. The most unlikely one that I found is, and you can look him up on YouTube. He's called Big Beard Business. And he is... <laughs> Like this, you would think he would be reviewing. I think I own about four or five of these Bugatti <laughs> Man flankers, and it's been a great design, especially with this twist top when it comes down to traveling. So I ain't wasting That's not my real. Juice. Now, Bugatti he Man, what essence is has the 78,000 uh, subscribers? Than the others. I believe most of the other flankers were Oriental fragrances. <laughs> so, flankers is a sub. Um, a subset of a main fragrance. So okay. there would be yeah, the main the fragrance and then they flank them and the new ones come out after the years. But yeah, he was, he, his channel Flanker. and he gets free cologne. He's of like, course. I just got this from, and he's, he's got all these, he, he, it seems like it should be a sneaker review channel. Right. Cause like, well, he's got sneakers behind him, but it's, he's, uh, he's got a ton of videos and he's pretty, but there's a bunch of different videos from like professional to like just two people sitting in their house talking about cologne and spraying it around. And it's so funny. Did you know, Mark, thrifty ice cream is back No. at Rite Aid's. I went past one and they had a big banner that said thrifty ice cream. And then I had a friend post it. They still have the square, the not round, square, the but the cylindrical, the cylindrical scoop with scoop. the two holes in the top. Yes. And they didn't, did the thrifties um, that you grew up with, did they have the cones with people's names on it? Oh, that okay. sounds familiar. Because I'm trying to figure out maybe that was just no, the thrifty no, no. by our house, but I remember. But I, I'd always get the sugar cone, oh. not, not the, oh, the we would, classic. We would never <laughs> be allowed a sugar cone. I'm surprised we even got ice cream. <laughs> but yeah, we and you'd always hope to get, I don't think I ever got my, my name, name or right. whatever, but yes, thrifty's ice cream totally. is now at yeah. Rite Aid, so I don't remember it having any sort of specific. They have like a counter? They have like a They must or maybe counter? like the I don't know, like how Seven Eleven has has the freezer case, or maybe it's just mm. a a smaller version of that with a ice cream scoop. I mean, somebody has to work at the 
as a scooper so if there. You, if you've seen, if you have any information, it, talk to us. Talk to us. Message us. Uh, well, how was your last week, Mark? <clears throat> it's been it's been pretty good. I've yeah. just been uh, uh, writing a bunch of code for a project, kind of wrapping that project up and doing bailing all stuff. me out bailing when you. I need it. Yeah, when we, my car, we've had a couple. We've had a couple. Uh, uh, close calls with your car and then uh, we we had a little uh intervention and yeah so yeah my 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 car went south thankfully as i was on the corner with a service uh like a car repair service station in it and i spent all day friday there and they fixed it by five or whatever and i went to um i was going to the bins and yeah, so of course as i didn't have to work that day and so i was like well i might as well go so i drove from Multnomah down to Selwood where the bins is and back and uh, back as I'm house sitting out in Tigard. And as I was coming up the hill to Terwilliger, my car just started freaking out again. And I limped it back oh. to the service station. And of course it's Labor Day weekend. So it's just been there all weekend now. And tomorrow I get to find out how much more oh. that's going to cost me after re- replacing a, a significant part of my cooling system. So uh, thank you for the truck, which I, you let me use your, your truck, which oh, yeah. I always love to drive because it's just a stick shift and it's, uh, it's, it's just, just so raw. fun. Yeah, it's it is. Just, it's a it vehicle. It is exactly what it is. Which I love. That's what I love about it. And uh, so I got to use that. But I also took my first uber was it an uber or lyft, lyft. You, you took a lift you had to send to me for so reasons why why couldn't you get your say. own lift i don't want to say so attention not nerd podcast <laughs> oh, no <laughs> Todd's, it's Todd's my shame phone literally will not download the lyft or uber apps because his operating system is so is old. too old and i can't upgrade because my phone doesn't have enough storage on it and the operating system is too big and you've got that snake game on there <laughs> <laughs> i did go through get rid of erase a bunch of i mean i only had like 13 apps anyway now i only have eight well so. you you only have a 16 gigabyte phone which yeah. you know might 500 or whatever and and so it's my phone literally Comically has more small. storage has more storage than my laptop. Um, That's so crazy. It is like twice as much. So it, yeah. Um <laughs> it's also weird to think that sixteen gigabytes is a small amount. Right. You, you think back in the day. I think right now, like, what am I, I don't use my phone for anything and it's all full basically because of the operating system and Facebook, which takes like four gig on it. So I can get rid of Facebook and then upgrade the phone, but then not have any room for any apps or just live like, live like I have been living in blissful denial about how out of touch I am. But yes, I couldn't order the the lift myself so you sent one for me so i was thinking about how i could have made that experience a little more fun for me (laughs) which would have been great after i spent an entire day because at a service station because i did you know it gives you a chance to send a message to the driver and so i said this just so because they do a verification of who you are as you as you get in because there's a um, very fringe element of uh, nefarious activities where somebody will act as a Lyft driver and pick you up. Oh wow! And take you and and take you away. Ransom. Never seen again. Never seen again. And so they're required to check your name and and 
check that you are the person and you should be doing the same because you see the driver's name and right. the the, driver, the uh, license plate number. And so I sent you that screenshot. But you can send a message to the driver. And so I'm like, this is for Todd, not for me. And he's stranded today because his car broke down. You know? <coughs> and so I was saying a little bit, but I was thinking like, this is Todd, <laughs> not me. He's deaf. <laughs> Uh, and so make sure he doesn't to speak, speak English. Right. <laughs> he doesn't speak English, <laughs> or, or you know, do not uh, believe his lies. Or he just left, right, just left the <laughs> hospital, and he's going to get his meds right now, so he might be a little perturbed. Be gentle with him, or whatever, right. and, and just see the reaction. <laughs> right. And, do not mention this to him <laughs> because it will make him angry, you know, <laughs> to see That's what, so what the reaction was. So, yeah, but I didn't do that. Uh, I, I forget what her name was. A, a perfectly lovely, a lovely lady picked me up and I think she said, yeah, your friend said you were stranded. And he told me that. And so I said, well, like, now you have the backstory. And she's like, all right. Um and I and so I get in. She had like a Toyota Corolla or something like that. And but I noticed that as we were as I was sitting in the back seat, so I can see the the, the console of of all the uh, gear or on the gears, all the uh, readouts and and speedometer and thing like that. And in her main screen or whatever that usually displays the um, the speed or whatever, it was just it was just an exclamation point inside a triangle. Because I. No, I gave a destination. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, this was in her car proper, okay. not like on her phone. Okay. And so that was her main screen where her speedometer should have been. And then above that, the actual indicator light that told you that. And then the check engine light was on and her passenger side mirror was folded in. And I was like, you know what? Don't bite the hand that feeds you. And no, and, and one of her tire pressure gauge oh. uh, indicator lights was on. And I was like, just get me just the tire. Me, I just need me to be back. So that was pretty great. It and was then, my first Uber or Lyft experience. And so then we we brought you, got, got the thing and then one of your uh one of your employees yeah turns. one of the one of the family i work with uh, one of the kids is staying home uh for the first time by himself and the rest of the family's at the beach and so i was gonna check on him saturday and sunday afternoon just to hang out and so after that long day after that long day where i then came to get your truck and drove back that back to tiger at two o'clock in the morning i get a phone call and they're like devin here's something and i was like uh, All right, so take your truck at two o'clock in the morning out to out to West Lynn, check things out, and of course didn't see anything, and and then came back home. Finally got to bed around three or three thirty or so. So what a day that was! A no. long day. So best wishes for tomorrow. Yes, uh, let's hope it's just so. Yes, but thank you again for <laughs> absorbing <laughs> absorbing my impact when things like that happen. But um, in some news. Um, there's mm. been a lot of talk as everything is changing over to 5G and they're putting all this infrastructure in cities if that uh, if living around 5G cell sites is a health hazard. Um, and the research is saying no, but as Verizon puts up hundreds of antennas around the uh, city, I think this was um, around San Francisco maybe, um, some parents, of course, worry about the potential risks 
Uh, Sacramento, oh, this is Sacramento. Sacramento was one of the first cities in the nation to get the 5G high-speed technology, but some say it was done with little debate over uh, putting transmitters in neighborhoods. So um, a lot of uh, talk as this expands if um, this is going to be problematic. Um, these are the professor, one of the professors says this is a very low levels of exposure and the standards are similar to those used around the world. Uh, not all radiation is the same and there are no adverse consequences at low level of exposure. Um, and the FCC sets guidelines for exposure to cell signals. Um, they're tested well uh, below the safety limit or they, they work well above the safety uh, limits and all of that and they are directional antennas so the energy is focused outwards toward the horizons and not downward where people are so and there's a whole formula about 10 times further away it goes down by 10 squared and not just a factor of 10 blah 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 but it'll be interesting if this is one of those things where as we'll get in later to our topic today that we didn't know this sort of radiation oops it did something i guess uh, yes so eh. <laughs> I've only got 40, 50 years left here. Right. <laughs> how many things fine. how many things can I grow out of the back of my head in that in that 40 years? Right. Did you see that story going around about the kid with the horn growing out of his skull because of cell phone use, which was just a yeah. big stupid just scam story? Scam story, stupid. Um so Todd, have you ever heard of the uh ancient Irish word ogok? Or Bracade? I have not. Yet neither has anybody else because those were just <laughs> added to uh, to the history uh, dictionary of ancient um, of basic terms. Gaelic uh, oh, okay. and, and Irish. So they they have found some lost words. Uh, Cambridge uh, Cambridge and the Queen's University in Belfast came together and defined 500 Irish words, wow. many of which had been lost and unlocked the secrets of just, many other misunderstood I was say, people terms. simply could not understand the Irish brogue when people were trying to add this to the dictionary. And it took them 500 years to figure out, oh. Oh, that's what he that's said. That's what that is. Yeah, and so they've, uh, uh, so the word... Ogok means eggy or abounding in eggs, hmm. and uh, brocade is uh, it oozes pus. Oh, well, <laughs> nice. So, so those are now part of the lexicon. Uh, what in, was the oozing pus? Uh, it's B R A C H A I D, brocade. Oh, huh. Yeah. Ogok. Yeah. And there's, uh, you know, overflowing with <laughs> egg. Like, I get the having a lot of egg, like an eggy bread or something like that, but the overflowing with egg is they, like, they that's a little specific. Abounding in eggs. Abounding it, in egg. That's but it. it was referenced to a particularly fertile region. So you would okay. you would move to an eggy place. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because it was very abundant uh, in eggs. <laughs> the chickens. I'm trying to think of, of like some sort of there. joke about being at a buffet or something and seeing that they had breakfast food that's what bugged me on the cruise ship they didn't have like a 20 uh, a, a place that always had the breakfast foods because i never ate the breakfast but i never got to try their breakfast buffet because they changed it to lunch and then dinner right. i wanted one of the little spaces to just always have the breakfast food so you can have breakfast for dinner Anyway. That's not how they do it. I know, but they should because breakfast for dinner is delicious. <laughs> I, I agree with that. <laughs> um, you sent me, you texted me a picture when I was driving here of your ring camera. 
Uh, yeah, we use uh, nest cams. Nest camera, right. sorry. And so we've got one pointing in the front yard, one pointing in the backyard, and then one pointing in the garage. And um, it detects movement, and then it also detects humans. And uh, you can choose whether or not you get notifications for one or the other or <laughs> neither. And uh, humans. humans. And you can also set like this area of the image is where you need to look for humans uh, versus because looking or... out, yeah, looking out our front, you obviously the street and we're a arterial uh, passageway. And so there's cars going by constantly. And so that would flood. So every morning I walk by the camera uh, that's in our front window and I give it a glare because that sends a notification to Nick, who's usually still sleeping. It's like the most that, passive aggressive. That there's a human in ever. your. There's a human in your front yard, and so it just sends a nice little message to him. That's adorable for you. <laughs> um, but Ring is teaming up with 400 police forces and extending its surveillance reach. So this was an astonishingly <clears throat> long article, and which I don't By think Wired. was from Wired. I'll get to a Wired article later. Um, but they're quietly forging video sharing partnerships with more than 400 police forces across the United States, granting the potential potential access to Homer uh, Homer's to homeowners camera footage uh, and a powerful role in what the company calls the nation's quote, new neighborhood watch. So it lets the police automatically request the video recorded by the homeowner's camera with a specific time and area, helping officers see footage of the company's millions of internet connection cameras uh, nationwide. The officers don't receive ongoing or live video access, they claim, uh, and homeowners can de- decline the requests, even though that probably doesn't turn it off, but they can do that. It's I'm like sure. the crosswalk buttons. Uh, just... e- uh, Ring will email them, thanking them for, quote, making your neighborhood a safer place. Uh, and there's apparently also a Ring social network called Neighbors, which allows people to report local crime, crimes, discuss suspicious events, and share videos from their Ring cameras, cell phones, or other devices. So it's kind of like next door, but even more nosy. I, so... I, I, th- this isn't good. I don't no. think it's good. And uh, right now, you can still not give consent. And I can see if, sure. like, my neighbor's house is broken into. Can we see some of your footage? Would well, you? And, like, I get. Yeah. I just feel like this is taking a little bit of the the power away, giving it to the company as opposed to the right. user. Even right. though they technically say you can they still. They say that, but I just don't trust anyone. Well, why anymore. would you say that when Apple apologizes for use of contractors to <laughs> eavesdrop on Siri? <laughs> So they were allowing outsiders to listen to snippets of people's recorded conversations uh, through Siri, a practice that undermined its attempt to position itself as a trusted steward of privacy. Uh, As part of the apology posted Wednesday, Apple reiterated an earlier pledge to stop keeping audio recordings, uh, audio recorded through Siri unless consumers give their permission. When permission is granted, Apple said only its own uh, its own employees will be able to review the audio to help improve service. Previously, the company hired contractors to listen to some of them. Um, backlash, blah, blah, blah. Apple <laughs> intends to rely on computer-generated transcripts of stuff, so there'll still be um, uh, monitoring of that. CEO Tim Cook repeatedly has declared the company's belief that, quote, privacy is a fundamental human right. So, sorry. <laughs> <clears throat> Hmm. Yeah. 
Ours are indoor cameras that are pointed outside. And so they also record the inside conversations that we have. Oh, they have audio too? They have audio. Oh, interesting. And you actually have the ability to talk back and forth uh, because it's got a microphone. You can hear what they're saying. Oh. And so it's got a little speaker that you can speak it's in. It's a much cheaper way to do a podcast. <laughs> Just re- record it through your nest. Perfect. <laughs> Next week on the Markham Toddcast, <laughs> Nest Vision. So, so there's just a lot of implications there that that yeah, uh, we're screwed. <laughs> um, well, and I think I've said it before. I, it's not so much what companies are doing with it now, right? Because a lot of a lot of these companies are still like helmed by people who had a hand in starting them. Right. So like they still have the vision of what they want it to be, but the next generation doesn't care. I mean, the next no. generation is going to be someone who just went through business school to and be the busiest businessman who's ever business runs it. Yeah. yeah, and then so yeah, we'll have it good. We'll have it good for a couple more years. Well, we don't get a lot of uh, news stories for, or uh, science stories from President Trump's tweets, but uh, we have one this week because uh, Trump. Uh, tweeted out a picture of, of an Iranian uh, missile site. And so amateurs have identified the U.S. You are spy- fake news. <laughs> amateurs have identified the U.S. spy satellite behind President Trump's tweet. And so they've got some amateur scientists who have uh, taken his image, which is taken with a like $80 billion <laughs> crazy Hubble space <laughs> telescope pointing at Earth that is super secret and inc- wrong. Inc- <laughs> wrong 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 oh, oh now it won't stop well okay. so, <laughs> it's pretty awesome and so um he tweeted this out um uh trolling iran saying oh good job there with your missile program blah 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 right and it's literally a spy photo from our most but classified what about her dis- emails mark <laughs> so they tr- what are you saying we should just let everyone in so satellites are able to be seen um especially large satellites like this are able to be seen with an with a naked eye and uh once you have a path and an angle of declination and and a speed and everything you can then project where it goes and when it's going to be there because mm-hmm. you know uh, it's, path. Yes, it's path. And so they were able to cross-reference very specifically at the moment because they've got the photo. <laughs> they could tell uh, the angle that the photo was taken at because it's got a circle in the middle of the photo where the landing pad is. And so you can look at the ovalness of right. the circle and get the exact angle that the satellite was at. And it's got a bunch of towers in the middle. And if you can figure out the the angle of the shadows of the tower, you now have a sundial. You know exactly the time in which that was taken. So with time and angle, you know exactly the position of our most secret U.S. spy satellite. <laughs> And the capabilities of how detailed of a picture it is because he showed, he's <laughs> tweeted out the picture and it's incredibly detailed. And so some skeptics were like, 
no, that's not a satellite image. Uh, we don't have satellites that have that good of fidelity. <laughs> and and uh, we we showed that we indeed indeed do. They just check the metadata of the <laughs> photo, and it just has its lo it had just location data on and on its accident. Password, <laughs> plain text, green seventeen. <laughs> Jeez, Louise! So, I mean, so good. Uh, there's an incredible blog post where he goes into phenomenal detail of trajectory calculations wow. and uh, those are this, really detailed photos. It's it's really a phenomenal expose of <laughs> what you can get from from very little intelligence, right? Uh, and what he tweets out. Right. So, um, well, once again, you are fake news. <laughs> so, on to better news. Taxpayers are set to get one point six billion dollars uh, in rebates next year for the Oregon Kicker. Um, that last year was one point four billion, and that was a record. So, another record. The state depends heavily on personal income taxes and unexpected and an unexpected surge in those payments in recent months pushed up the rebate. Uh, state economics. Excuse me. State economists delivered the stunning news Wednesday. Um, let's see. It reflects an unexpected jump in state revenue. At the same time, though, the they warned about uh, showing cracks in the long-term outlook uh, outlook of the growth uh, and uncertainty in the economy. Blah blah blah. But it breaks down uh, if you do live in Oregon what the um, kicker rebate will be for your income level. So if it's between if your income level is between uh, twenty seven and forty nine thousand dollars, wow. uh, you will get three hundred seventy three dollars. If it's between fifty and ninety, you'll get six hundred seventy nine dollars. If it's between ninety and one hundred eighty four, you'll get a thousand three hundred seventy nine, uh, and down wow. on eleven thousand to twenty twenty seven thousand is one hundred sixty nine dollars. So the more you pay it, obviously, the more you will get back in that kicker. So uh, Oregon's jobless remains uh, at a historic four percent low. Wages are rising in private sector. Employment continues to grow, um, but the labor market is expanding uh, a little bit slower. Quote, the trade escal the trade war escalation is spilling over and weighing on the economy to a larger degree as well, the report found. Businesses are wary as they delay investments and slow their pace of hiring. So Wow. But at least we'll have some money left in our or back in our pockets, I suppose. That is kind of an, an a neat thing. It's if they don't spend as much as they raise, then they have to give that back, which doesn't seem like we right. should be all that excited. Like it seems like that's always how it should go, but but isn't that kind of how all tax returns are? Yeah. Is, oh, totally. Is, oh, my gosh. The government is giving me money. Yes. Well, they're giving you money right. that you gave to them already. Right. But still, it's nice to get some money. <laughs> it's nice. Never turn down money. Um, well, there's a giant hurricane hitting uh, the coasts, the East Coast right now, and Miami requested that e-scooters were going to be removed, needed to be removed. So they've done this uh, before. Uh, in a couple of hurricanes, um, but quote, the hurricane is going to impact the entirety of Florida and residents need to be prepared. So um, Lime pulled all of its scooters. Uh, Lyft claimed that they're going to remove all the scooters and they had like two days to do it. So um, one of the, let's see, where was it? Ken, uh, Ken Russell, Miami City Commissioner of District 2, called it a, pot a potential scooternado. <laughs> so <laughs> hopefully they were able to. Scootornado. Scootornado which is pretty great. 
Uh, you have any more news on uh, your side? I've got, I, let's see, two, about two more stories. One, uh, one and I a have, half. I have kind of uh, a half. So while you find that, uh, the other the other sound clip, which I didn't get to, uh, that I loaded up is... I will be gay. <laughs> I don't know when it's going to come in handy. <laughs> but it will. But it will. So the Chinese lo- <laughs> lunar rover finds a strange gel-like oh, I'm glad substance you pulled this. on the moon. So uh, the team's website describes the material shape and color as significantly different from the surrounding lunar soil. Uh, China has yet to share images of the material, but it did share an image from the rover heading into the crater. So one theory is that the material is an impactite, a substance which is formed when meteors hit an object in space. So the Chang in four mission craft le- craft landed on the moon back in January, while the Yulu two rover, sorry, the U two uh, Y U T U two U two two rover has been sending back photos to Earth for the past eighteen weeks, and so it's on the. So had Back they side touched of the moon. it or they just saw it? Like, how do they know it's gooey? Uh, they don't know. It's It looks to be gel-like and okay. we don't have any more information. Okay. So uh, uh, we don't know. <laughs> but it's on the backside of the moon, which is I fascinating. S- this is the first time that we have a vehicle on the far side of the moon. Right. I still don't get why we don't see that side of the moon. <laughs> I can't make sense. I'm going to have to go look at models uh, on youtube or something it just always faces us and it's it's in title i know i know it's in title lock doesn't make sense it's not gonna make sense now it's not gonna make sense anymore um the u.s unleashes military to fight fake news and uh, disinformation so um it's such a threat to the u.s security that the defense department is launching a project to repel quote large-scale automated disinformation attacks um uh, as the top Republicans in, co- in Congress block efforts to protect the integrity of elections, uh, the Defense Advanced Research Oh DARPA wants to uh, wants custom so that stands for Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency uh, is DARPA wants custom software that can unearth fakes hidden among more than five hundred thousand stories, photos, videos, and audio clips. If if successful, the system, after four years of trials, may expand to detect malicious intent and prevent viral fake news from polarizing society. U.S. officials have been working on plans to prevent outside attacks. Um, and hackers from flooding social channels with false information ahead of the 2020 election. The drive has been hindered by my favorite person, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, uh-huh. and his refusal to consider election security legica- uh, legislation. So, Moscow Mitch. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice sticker. I did, I'm not going to read this story, but it's the second time this word has come up in our podcast uh, history. And so I now I have to read every time. It's it's uh, kind of goes back to our... Um, internet of things and how much things can be hacked and the uh, the <laughs> the story is teledildonics which is my favorite word ever um, it's the, it, the ability for some of these new uh, connected devices to be hacked or or broken into you can't by say teledildonics <laughs> without saying dildo right I <laughs> will be gay that was fast <laughs> Uh, so I want to show you a little video. Okay. <clears throat> so looks like the cockpit of an airplane. And this little cockpit is flying over the city of Portland. 
And that cockpit is fake news. It is fake news. Uh, so this is uh, X plane. Okay. Uh, flight simulator. Oh wow! And they have um, the company called Orbix has. Uh, There's Portland. Has. Uh, areas that you can load in so they have oh, the state cool. of oregon here and, uh, and i imagine so this for vr i mean yeah probably both but yeah. best in best best, best used in, in VR. vr and so it's flying over uh getting ready to fly over the broadway bridge and headed towards downtown portland and the detail in this is that ridiculous. is really neat ridiculous and i think back to did you ever fly flight simulators no. so i always saw them though yeah in in the 80s i had like <laughs> the first microsoft flight simulator uh on my atari 800 and <laughs> flew from um uh, chicago's field whatever, right. and and uh, i loved it but now I, I just that's so neat that you can load different cities and and fly. I mean, you are right over downtown Portland right now in like a little biplane or whatever this, yeah, this module just a little is. Piper Cub or whatever. That's cool. Yeah. That's like the opening of uh, <laughs> what was the movie that had all that insane aerial footage? Oh. Hear, hear no evil. Yeah, I right. think with Marley <laughs> Matlin. It's like the plane always crashing. Uh, all right. There was, oh, somebody speaking of uh, Portland at the movies. I did pull a story that I won't read because it's kind of a video, but a North Carolina man claims he spotted three Bigfoots. We also had the discussion, what <sighs> yes. is the plural Bigfoot, which all three of them are correct. Bigfoot. Bigfoot. Big, big feet. And Bigfoots. Bigfoots. Right. But not Bigsfoot, which not is my Bigsfoot. favorite. <laughs> um, and he claims to have this video. I'll show you, Mark. I'm not... I'm not convinced. The Dow County is considered oh. a hot spot for these sightings. Oh, good grief. What the is path this? Sounds like Tucker Carlson. Where's the volume? Um, so but this... <laughs> I'm a hack that somehow stumbled into the best time slot on television. I'm a fraud. Um, and a racist. And a racist. But it just sort of looks like... Oh, no, the camera video's gone up. But that is... It just looks like... Where did it go now? He's just shooting in the woods and there's a dark blurry thing like way in the distance that he's claiming is three Bigfoots. So you can track down that new, uh, mm. new footage if you are so inclined. And if you are a Bigfoot fan, check out the last episode of Portland at the movies where yes. we inexplicably discussed two different movies, basically <laughs> called the legend of Bigfoot filmed <laughs> one year apart in the Oregon hinterlands, which was weird. Um, but before we move on to our actual topic, let's talk about, Sonic Sketches. Sonic Sketches. Uh, Sonic Sketches. Yay. They're a great way to display your favorite song. It's a beautiful piece of visual art and a great gift. We're kind of gearing up, not quite into the holiday season, but we're that downslide into the latter half of the year. Um, so you can get uh, a beautiful wave, uh, high resolution audio waveform rendered as a carefully detailed full contrast image on either three 12 by 12 panels or one eight by 24 piece of blushed, blushed, brushed, polished aluminum. Um, and each one of them comes with a display guide, a brief explanation of how sound waves work. And um, they are really cool. If you've never seen one, go over to Sonic Sketches and you can see the different ones that they have. They are really cool and uh helps support the show so go check them out um what should i play just to give us a little breather here all this time we could have <laughs> been friends so sad betty davis in that movie well 
today's topic, um, there's been some talk, and uh, so last week, speaking of um, the president and about um, hurricanes, a story came out from a new source called Axios, which I tried to do a little research on, see where they fall, how, how polarizing. It usually seems that I see very left-leaning liberals share from that, so I kind of assume that you know they were pretty far left. Um, some of the media uh, tracking systems put it... F- uh, left of center, not like super. So there's a story that came out from one of their reporters who says he stands by it, that during one of the um, hurricane preparedness briefings, the president remarked, uh, I got it, I got it. Why don't we nuke them? They're starting to, they're starting forming off the coast of Africa and they're moving across the Atlantic. We drop a bomb inside the eye of the hurricane and it disrupts it. Disrupts it. Why can't we do that? So that is kind of an idea that sometimes jokingly comes up, but it it, it I don't he didn't invent that idea. Like it's right. kind of every time there's a big, a big hurricane that <clears throat> that kind of jokingly we're just spitballing here, is, yeah, just yeah, throwing out ideas. There's no bad that ideas. Can work. <laughs> this is a safe place a for your safe ideas. Safe place for your stupid ideas. Um, but it has an actually an interesting long history of uh, using nuclear weapons to kind of mess with nature. And so I kind of wanted to look back at some of the the different things over the past that people proposed. Well, why don't we just nuke Do it? This. So um, uh, at the at about seventy years ago, it was the, pretty much the forefront of American scientific thought. So we were just hot off of uh, dropping some nuclear weapons on uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki in nineteen forty five, and there was unbridled excitement over the power of the atom. And it was an era so new, people were still pro- pronouncing it atom, which is pretty great. Yeah. Atom, atom, which is a great way to correct someone. Um, thing uh, companies like General Mills offered that children can mail in 15 cents of postage and a kick cereal box top in exchange for a quote atomic bomb ring, where kids could quote see genuine atoms split to smithereens. Uh, 750,000 children got those. Uh, there was atomic themed restaurants, music, cocktails, bars, all of that thing. Um, you can look back at the American design aesthetic and uh, at the atomic age, which I haven't been to, but there's a a museum in Las Vegas or around Las Vegas called the Museum of Atomic Energy, I believe is what it's called, um, that Tim Riley, uh, who was the newsman of the Rick Emerson show, would always rave around because he loved kind of that period of American history, the 50s and stuff like that. So apparently it's an amazing museum uh, down because in uh, Las Vegas at the time, that's where they were setting off all of these tests. It was a tourism attraction. Yeah, the the Nevada desert outside of Las Vegas, you know, a long ways from Las Vegas, but but Las Vegas being kind of the closest place to that, uh, yeah, was the epicenter uh, of all those nuclear tests. Yeah, so the, for much of the 1950s, 40s, uh, we regularly exploded atomic bombs in the deserts. Uh, adjacent to what is now Area 51. One of the first tourist attractions in Las Vegas was a chance to wake up early, stand outside your hotel, and watch the flash of a mushroom cloud from the bombs rolling uh, through the sky. So... (laughs) Um, but backing up before that exciting time a little bit. So engineers dreamed of using the power to, um, to, uh, put a uranium 235 vitamin pill sized thing that would just power your car for years. Um, there was a book called the almighty Adam, the real story of atomic energy that suggested using atomic weapons to melt the polar ice caps, gifting quote, the world, a moister, warmer climate. I don't know why we would want that, but 
Um, so thought experiments exploded over how to harness the power of the atom um, and how to unleash the human's ability to control and reshape the environment through geoengineering. Quote, for the first time in history, man will have at his disposal an amount sufficient to cope with the forces of Mother Nature, said science writer David Dietz. Um, artificial suns mounted on tall steel towers would ensure crop growth and guarantee good weather. Radiation was a problem, quote, merely one of detail to be sorted out later, <laughs> that writer said. <laughs> um, Julian Huxley, who is brother of uh, Aldous Huxley, who wrote Brave New World, which is a great book, a uh, great companion piece to something like 1984 and I think closer to um, the reality of, of kind of a dystopian future where we all uh, amuse ourselves into complacency. Um, but his brother, Julian, who is a renowned biologist, was particularly enthusiastic. He suggested at one point that nuclear weapons be used to flood the Sahara, allowing arid landscape to blossom. He argued in favor of uh, atomic dynamite for, quote, landscaping the earth. Um Flying ace Eddie Rickenbacker, who was a World War I pilot and one of the most famous Americans, uh, looked to Antarctica, suggesting nuclear weapons could help miners and businesses access the valuable minerals locked deep under the ice. Mm. Um, what else? So Mechanics Illustrated, which was a competitor, popular mechanics back in the 40s. Uh, I have a bunch of them because they're great. They're like for the home hobbyists. And so like in the back, they'll have destructions on like how to make a, a stereo uh cabinet or whatever yeah. when they were like the size of a room but mechanics illustrated suggested that both the antarctic and arctic were only a few atomic heat waves away from perfection a columbia university professor explained the ice caps were a quote unnatural condition similar to a common cold affecting the earth in its head and feet uh, the Soviets were also very excited about geo uh, geoengineering possibilities. Um, the Stalin-era Soviet government loved the idea of hurrying climate change along for the po possibilities of opening its frigid Siberian east to thriving agriculture and bringing subtropic crops to the shores of the Black Sea. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, they wanted to create new mountain ranges and create canals and reservoirs by setting off bombs kind of in that dynamite yeah. type way. Um, everybody, of course, kept brushing aside that um, the radiation problems and the <laughs> we'll soon find a method of protection against that. Um, <laughs> They wanted to dam the Bering Strait, the Soviets did, uh, and use massive nuclear-powered pumps to heat the Arctic Ocean. Um, but as, uh, soon the aftereffects of radiation were becoming clear, and with that awareness, early atomic enthusiasm waned, particularly for bo as bombs kept getting stronger and stronger, uh, up to the um, th thermonuclear... Easy, George Bush. <laughs> thermonuclear, uh, which is the equivalent, uh, equivalent of... A million tons of TNT, which I don't really know how much power one TNT, TNT is, is. So that's so never really that a hel <laughs> helpful. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and this uh, segment brought to you by Coppertone. Uh, <laughs> as we'll figure out a way to deal with the, <laughs> the, uh, the exposure to ionizing radiation. Uh, yeah. Uh, so have we ever done any, anything other than just tests not I, yet so, so here yeah so here we get a little bit more into because during the eisenhower era nuking hurricanes entered the conversation so uh, according to the international <laughs> spy museum historian vince houghton uh who is an american media an american meteorologist named jack reed appears to be the first to seriously consider bombing a hurricane so he calculated 
that one or two 20 megaton bombs might be able to deflect a hurricane from land. He called for a test theory, but found it embraced by zero people. (laughs) So he declared the dead uh, idea dead simply because it was politically incorrect. Um, So... That idea now would, of course, be prohibited under the international law by the Peaceful Nuclear Explosions Treaty, which um, must mean you can't use nuclear bombs for things other than war, I guess. Right. Which is good, I guess. <laughs> Yay. Or just declare war on everything. We're declaring war on this hurricane. <laughs> on, the earth, on this lack of canal. <laughs> Um, but the appeal of the nuking hurricanes have never gone away so much that the uh, NOAA has dedicated a whole webpage <coughs> to debunking it. Quote, during each hurricane season, there always appears a suggestion that one should simply use nuclear weapons to destroy the storms, the Weather Service writes. Apart from the fact that this might not even alter the storm, this approach neglects the problem that the released radioactive fallout would fairly quickly move with the trade winds and basically just be flung around the earth as if you were spinning a wet towel. Because you're throwing it into a hurricane. Right. Um, Needless to say, it's not a good idea. There's little evidence that even a successfully placed atom bomb would do anything to alter a hurricane's formation. The systems are just too large, too strong, and it wouldn't affect the underlying dynamics. Hmm. So um, it wouldn't make a difference at all just because of the sheer amount of energy contained inside the storm. He said the heat release inside the storm is equivalent to a 10 megaton nuclear bomb exploding every 20 minutes. That is, a hurricane is already releasing energy equivalent to every hour the SAR bomba, the largest nuclear weapon ever detonated, which was a hundred, um, which caused third degree burns a hundred kilometers away from the blast, yeah. uh, which was a Soviet device. So. The, they pointed out that it's hard to tell what might turn a hurricane uh, there. Uh, well, so you, it's hard to tell what is going to turn into a hurricane because there's like 80 tropical forms, uh, storms that form every year and only a half dozen grow into hurricanes. So even the most powerful nuclear bomb ever, ever made is still just nothing. And that's like right. if you could even drop it into a complex weather system and have it go where you want it Ooh, to go. Right. Um, but I, I, I feel like... Maybe it was brought up in a movie or something. I always go back to Armageddon because that seems like a very <laughs> Jerry Bruckheimer. We need these coal miners from right. Alabama to come and throw a nuclear bomb in a, in a hurricane to save the earth type idea. Or like but, 2012 or. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, one yeah, of those disaster those. movies like, produced by D- Dean Devlin was the guy that like produced all of those <laughs> disaster movies. He was the guy that he was um, Roland Emmerich and Dean Devlin did uh independence day and then dean devlin did 2012 the day after tomorrow there's a couple other ones that that he did too that were disaster movies but then <coughs> did the librarians which was that show <laughs> yeah. shot and produced in portland so wow. which i've never seen but it's yeah it's funny that he does all of those oh the uh, what is that other one there's one that has to do with weather that's not the day after tomorrow oh. came out her it's one about hurricane geostorm. geostorm remember geostorm yes so he was behind geostorm i used to drive a geostorm you did yes. they did not know that that was a car when they started making that movie <laughs> <laughs> nobody googled that apparently so oh. so um in 1956 they filmed a movie called the conqueror 
they filmed it in uh, southern Utah, very, just downwind from the Nevada testing site. And 40% of the actors uh, got cancer and died. Jeez. Uh, and uh, so Agnes Moorhead, uh, she was famous for, uh, in our generation, as um, Endora on oh, Bewitched. Right. Okay. But she was also in Citizen Kane. And, oh, wow. And she was okay. very prominent. Uh, John Wayne was in this movie. He didn't die from cancer from this movie. Well, he was uh, probably already old enough <laughs> that he couldn't contract it for that long. Exactly. Uh, but but yeah, it's a it, terrible movie apparently, <laughs> but um, it concentrated all these actors into this one. And uh, That's yeah, there, there's a big old uh, study on them and, yeah. and that whole yeah, situation. But, so, I mean, going back to the story about 5G, I mean, we kind of, you never know right even though we kind of know we kind of know we just don't i mean our bodies are so weird right and so yeah it's so when we all have extra extra (laughs) texting thumbs i guess it will (laughs) come in handy all that 5g radiation so anyway that does it for another um, episode of the Mark and Toddcast. You can go to markandtodcast.com to find all of our old episodes. You can find us on Facebook uh, and go listen to Portland at the Movies. Uh, there's a new episode out last week called Sasquatches, the Legends of Bigfoots because <laughs> we accidentally found two of the movies. Brian watched the wrong one. Um, what else? Anything else to plug? I don't think so. No? All right. No. Well, then what do we go out with? I don't we go out with a bang. We go out with a bang. All this time we, we could have been friends. Ah, poor baby Jane. No, I guess the other one's baby Jane. No, that was baby Jane. Oh. Yeah. So Betty Davis was baby Jane. Betty Davis was yeah, baby Jane. Yeah, because she was writing, I'm writing a letter to, <laughs> to daddy. Yeah. And so Joan has a big reveal right at the end that basically yeah. says, you know, I messed up, not you. Right. Uh, which had affected their entire right. lives and right at the end she's like you mean all, all this, this time, time we, we could have been, been friends oh so tragic let's instead listen to big beard business yeah our others were more woody oriental and this one takes a different twist so on wood and makes it like a woody aromatic or if you're listening to bugari this one is a neo woody oriental Whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> I personally find this one to be a more modern take on the line, as it should be, because it's a 2018 release. That stated, I don't find Wood Essence to be overly youthful, as this one is definitely a man. Tracy Morgan? <laughs> it sounds like it. That's the one thing that kept coming up was that the fragrance I posted is not for the young man, it's for the mature older man. <laughs> you bought an old man. I bought old man cologne. Yes, you did. <laughs> Very on brand. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see you guys later. Bye.